Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Somehow, God is in me, and there's a sense in which I am like God and man all at once. Many religions claim that we will all eventually be gods. The Bible says something so much better. It says, no, God will continue to be God. Man will continue to be man, but God will come upon man. No way! It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Evangelical churches should love this. This is Wretched Radio because evangelicals tend to be a rather trendy and pragmatic lot. Would like to share with you a trend. It's not a good one, but it's a trend nevertheless, which I hope evangelical churches jump all over. This is a trend that is bad, that should be addressed by the church, unlike typical trends, which evangelical Christianity tends to jump on. Bad ideas, bad methodologies, what's the current latest zeitgeist? Hey, what's hip? What's happening? We'll be that. No, not talking about those bad trends. I'm talking about the bad trend of prodigal children. I'm talking about the trend of parents who are separated from their kids. Children who will not speak to their parents. This is an issue that I recognized a number of years ago in speaking to good Christian parents, not perfect Christian parents. There is no such thing. But they tried to raise up their child to love the Lord, and they goofed. Of course they did. I do, you do, we all goof. But overall, you would be able to say, in looking at them, they're good parents. They're good Christian parents, and yet their kids despise them. They've run away from them. They won't talk to them. And parents are heartbroken. And typically with that, of course, you've got kids that aren't believers. They walk away from parents. They walk away from their faith. And I think at least in part, it is because our culture has been screaming at our kids and we have not been responding. Even with a whisper, the world tells kids parents are stupid. All of the commercials make dad look like a dumb-dumb. Parents, they're just all over my case. And what are most of the sitcoms that involve kids about? How do we get away with it so that mom and dad don't find out? Because they don't understand. They don't know me. They don't know what it's like. And the world tells me I'm amazing. I can do anything that I want to if I just set my mind to it. Believe in myself. I know everything. And I'm an autonomous self, which is exactly the message of the world. You're autonomous from everything. By the way, historical note. Western civilization has not always thought in those terms, although it has been a battle because so much of our founding was indeed based on autonomy, that we are individuals with individual rights. Really cool. Love the concept. But the development of the Marlboro man that you are your own person, you're your own self. What is the implication? You don't need institutions. You don't need family. You don't need church. You're you. You don't submit. You're the center of the universe. That's the message our kids keep hearing. And what does the church say in return? Cue the crickets. Absolutely nothing. And so it is. Kids in good Christian homes, they're told by the world something that their flesh craves. Autonomy. Not to have to submit and honor parents, but to live any way that I want to. After all, I can get an abortion without their permission. I can change my body parts without their permission. We, as a society, make parents virtually irrelevant. After all, it doesn't take parents to raise a child. It takes the government to raise a child. More 
bad French philosophy. And how have we responded to this? Have we encouraged the kids? Hey, your mom and dad are the bee's knees. You are blessed by having your mom and dad. And guess what? You have the privilege and joy of honoring them all of the days of your life. And if you find that onerous, perhaps this will be a selfish motivation. But believe me, you're going to enjoy this when you are older and your kids are big. They're going to honor you. And we're going to encourage them and remind them just as we're encouraging and reminding you. And you can even remind us to honor our parents. We haven't done that, have we? The silent pain and secret shame in our churches. This came out January 18th. Paul Todges. I'm seeing this more and more and more. I saw it years ago in talking to parents at homeschool conventions. I, I Homeschool parents aren't perfect. Believe me, I know. We were homeschool parents. And so if we are at all typical, then there's plenty of sin in the house. But you would see these kids at the homeschool convention that were well-behaved. That were, that, were, that were acting appropriately and not being obnoxious, but that's not all the kids. Yeah, they're older kids. They're gone, and they're just, they've left. They don't talk to us. Whoa, what happened? Now, I grant you, let's just say some of those Christian parents who homeschooled their kids, they were oppressive. Let's just say they were heavy-handed. Let's just say there was a disconnect between morality and justification. Let's just say all of that happened. Is that an excuse for the kid to not honor their parents? No, it's not. And yet, how much preaching have we been doing to our kids? Hey, you're, you want to be different than the other kids? Here it is. Honor your parents. The next time that you're invited to go to the party and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to come and you go, I'm going to honor my parents. They wouldn't want me to go to this. Oh, dude, can you feel the peer pressure? And where's the church? Where's the church? Now, here's another aspect of this subject that perhaps we've neglected. The hearts of the parents of the prodigal children. Crushed. Broken. Devastated. You see them in church Sunday morning. How are they doing? Fine. Fine. Good. How are you? Fine. So have you, have you heard from Sammy? No. No. But everything's good. Yeah, yeah. Everything's good. Maybe not everything is so good. And maybe the church could become a center and a place where parents with broken hearts because of prodigal children can feel safe to express that. Shouldn't church be the place we can do that? I mean, honestly, isn't that the label that we were all given when we were born again? It was an admission that we are not perfect parents, perfect spouses, perfect anything. Do we need any sort of icebreaker on the subject isn't an identification with Jesus Christ our icebreaker into being very clear. I am not perfect. How can we help these parents? Asked Paul Todges, really good biblical counselor and pastor, by the way. We need to break the silence in our churches and surround hurting parents with loving community, as well as minister gospel hope to hearts that are tempted to become overwhelmed by feelings of shame. Look around in your church, and you are going to find somebody who has not shared with anybody that they've got other children because they're gone. Where are they? We don't know. And it's shameful, and they're heartbroken, and they don't feel like they can talk about it. This is from Paul Todges. I think really, really helpful stuff. A gentle prompt from a church counselor or pastor, a shepherd, an elder, 
may be necessary to move the hurting parent to confide in one or two trustworthy, spiritually mature believers. Direct them to biblical examples of vulnerability, reminding them that God's grace empowers them in weakness. This humble vulnerability will pave the way to the development of loving community and devotion to prayer. That's Colossians 4.2. That's what happens. We start bearing one another's burdens. We love for one another. And we pray like nobody's business because our hearts ache with those whose hearts are aching. Doesn't that sound like a nice place to be? Wouldn't that be nice? Eh, I'm not talking about a sin dump. Hey, uh, morning, everybody. I'm not fine. I was looking with lust this morning in the parking lot. Thought everybody should know about that because I'm vulnerable. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a community where people don't go, oh, I had no idea that that you had lustful thoughts. I mean, honestly, oh, I thought you were a Christian. My parents are, my children aren't like that. I love, by the way, I love it. I really enjoy this, maybe in a sinful kind of way. When I see people go public with their parenting blogs to help other parents to become magnificent parents, and their firstborn is three. Okay, you you get back to us when they're 13. We'll talk then. Wouldn't it be nice to be in a community where we could actually be vulnerable with one another, maybe from the pulpit, maybe in Sunday school, not not doing this just big expose on how awful my thought life is, how terrible my tongue wags, how 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 angry I can get at my children. Not everything needs to be disclosed, but when it's a hurting heart and help is needed and comfort could it really help to heal, shouldn't we be able to? Break the silence through vulnerability. It will create loving community. Further, often parents of prodigals suffer in silence because they feel ashamed. They typically feel like a failure and believe their child's rebellion must somehow be their fault. It's not. Yep, you were a bad parent. Congratulations. Join the club. It's not your fault that they're not, they're not saved. They must carefully guard their hearts against the crippling power of morbid introspection, which overanalyzes their past actions. Instead, They need to redirect mental energies to set their minds on Christ. That's what we all need to be doing all the time. Why? Because if you are feeling guilty again from the same sins that you've been forgiven of, you need to look to Christ. On the other hand, if you've been thinking, you know, I've been doing pretty well, you need to look to Christ and discover, oh, no, you've not been. God accepts the righteousness of Christ, not ours. We don't measure up. Either way, we need to be looking at Christ. And maybe, just maybe, if we would do more of that in our churches, in our lives, in our Sunday school classes, from the pulpit, maybe we would be shocked to discover how many hurting hearts we have in our midst and how the comforter could help them if gospel balm is applied. Doesn't that sound like a nice place to be a member of? Of which to be a member? This is Wretched Radio. The war for life is not over. The war for life has just begun. Dan Steiner from preborn.org slash wretched. Our partner clinic in um, Buffalo, New York, is firebombed. A clinic in Longmont, Colorado also was burned. And so this is the essence of who we are as Christians. 
we war not against flesh and blood. The implication is that we are, in fact, at war, and we are. The war for life rages on state by state, city by city, block by block, woman by woman. Would you please consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched, providing free ultrasound, providing counseling, providing parental training, providing Similac, providing clothes, providing diapers, and offering them the good news of the gospel. We are at war for life. Please consider supporting preborn.org slash wretched. Are we heading toward a dystopian society? Who decides what is good and evil? Who decides what truth is? Are there such things as fate or free will? Morals. Are we born with those? Or does the culture we live in inform them? Those are all really good questions and topics that we tackle daily on Wretched Radio and TV. Our goal has always been to preach the gospel, equip others to preach the gospel, and strengthen the local church. And we're only able to do that with the help of our gospel partners. If you are a Wretched Gospel partner, thank you so much for your support, which has allowed us to create compelling quality productions that catch the eye of unbelievers, but aren't so cringy they make believers blush. And if you aren't currently, would you pray about becoming a monthly Wretched Gospel partner? Help us continue to reach millions all over the world with the gospel. Just visit wretched.org donate, or you can also so just as easily text the word wretched to the number 44321. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare? Affordable Biblical Health Sharing has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong sharing one another's health care bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. Know your church fathers. John Chrysostom was the Bishop of Syria and Constantinople in the 4th century. He was an eloquent preacher and earned the moniker Chrysostom, which means golden-mouthed. He denounced abuses of authority in church and government and fought for purity of life and doctrine. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Not one, but two potential reasons you do not have a ton of joy. In your home, this is Wretched Radio. It is all too easy for Christians to become moralists, to become a legalist, to forget the law and gospel distinction for ourselves and most certainly in our parenting. Do this. Don't do that. Stop behaving like this. Start acting like that. Now, those are admonitions that a parent has every right to administer. But we need to remember that if we are doing nothing but bellowing commands at our children, telling them what to do, how to think, how to act, 
then we truly are, sorry for this, no better than, I'm going to drop the Pharisee card. We're no better than the Pharisees. That's what they were, legalists. Laws, laws, rules, rules. And Jesus came along, making it crystal clear that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He is not just the law guy. He is that. We don't want to... We don't want to fall into a ditch and cast all of his commands aside. Well, we are living under grace, so we're going to be gracey grace people. And we don't even need to try. We just let go and let God. Wrong, wrong, and wrong. But that does not mean that the totality of the Christian message is rules, because it most certainly isn't. The rules really are a pointer. First of all, a schoolmaster to help us understand we don't keep the rules. And then they merely act as a curb and a guide, and they help us to be conformed more into the image of Jesus Christ. And if we are not motivated for that because we love Jesus Christ so much, uh uh-oh, then we are going to get exhausted fast, and we are going to burn out our kids. And I wonder if that is why we see less than happy homes these days in Christianity, because we have become Pharisees with our kids, and we are just heaping rules on top of them. No, I didn't say you don't teach them how to hold their fork. I'm saying there's more to it. That we need to be moving past just rules and commands with our kids and with ourselves, frankly. The article that I was just citing, I thought was a perfect demonstration of that. And we can miss it so easily because it sounds like biblical advice. You want to have stabilized emotions? Learn to be content like people in third world countries are. Learn to be generous like people in third world countries are. Live in the now like people in third world countries are. Um, Yeah, that's right. But that's three laws and it's not Christian. Well, it comes from the Bible. It's still not Christian. We We learn to be content because we understand the value of things and what is truly valuable. And it's not a car. It's not a home. They're going to be burned up. What is truly valuable is that we are in a right relationship with God. Secondarily, then, I'd say we're in right relationships with one another. Those are the beautiful things. Those are the eternal things. And so we don't just grind it out learning to be content. All right, here's what we're going to do, kids. You're going to learn to be content. So we're going driving. Block the doors because we're going to the tough part of town. You're going to see what it's really like. Now, when we get home, I'm going to the Google machine and I'm going to take you to Swaziland and you're going to see what kids live like there. So just learn to be content. Sound familiar? I've done it. Okay, maybe not the Swaziland part, but I've, that's, that's what I've told my kids. It's not Christian. I remember years ago, I've actually kept the book. It's a fascinating book. A photographer went around the globe taking pictures of people's stuff in their front yards. So whatever it is that they had, he would find in the country. Maybe it's a woman. I don't know. The photographer. Can you, are they called photographers? Is that the correct gender terminology or is it something else these days? And I, think, I think you're good. Okay. <laughs> so the photographer went to the different countries and asked people to put their stuff in their front lawn. To empty your house, you're the average income for your territory. And then he took a picture of it. And I think it was a, a living in a living in a material world. That was what a material world. Yeah, yeah. Look at these pictures, kids. Now, be grateful for your game of pong. That's not Christian. 
That's true, but it's not enough. And I wonder if we have all fallen into that traffic time. It's just easier. It's quicker to parent that way and to live that way and to preach that way. And it will rob your home of joy. And it is going to make the kids, quite honestly, not be very thrilled with you, mom and dad. Why do we have so many teenagers that are living in utter rebellion with their parents? Maybe it's because they're mad at us. I'm not kidding. How do you feel about it as an adult? Hey, knock it off. Hey, do this. Hey, I told you to do that. If you were talked to like that by a boss, you'd be out of there. You might even call up the lawyer that you saw on a billboard. Have him suit. But that's how we treat our kids. And I wonder if that's why we don't have as much joy in our homes as we should. We are just heaping law after law after law on top of our children. And they're becoming a little bit bitter and aggravated. And maybe, quite honestly, that's why we're a little bit agitated, too, is because we have forgotten that Christianity is more than just doing the right things or not doing the wrong things. The distinction between the law and the gospel is crucial that we constantly remember. Not only that distinction, but another hinge on which salvation swings is the distinction between justification and sanctification. That we remember that we are the justified ones, the forgiven ones. Now go do. Now go do. Don't forget that. Don't just leave it behind. It doesn't just launch you into the realm of sanctification. Nope. You keep your feet in the realm of justification. And then you set your hands to doing works of sanctification, grounded in justification. Have you forgotten that? How did you do when I read this article? Were you able to figure out there's something missing from just being commanded? Learn to be content, practice generosity, live in the now. Did, did you catch that was missing from this diatribe? Don't feel bad if you did, because. We're kind of trained this way. How many sermons do we hear that can be 40 solid minutes of how to behave, how to think, how to live? And if you're here today and you don't know that Jesus Christ died for your sins, then I invite you to get saved now. And that is as much as we hear about the Lord Jesus Christ and his death and his burial and his resurrection. Just a little tack on at the end. And never was that woven throughout the tapestry of what should have been a gospel-centered sermon. It is so common. Pastor, have you fallen into that trap? You may have. I know it's easy to do. I do it myself. And we want to be careful that we don't whiplash into another ditch. But we got to get out of this one because I fear that too many parents are going through too much rocky road living with their kids in their house because of this. Number two, the church is the community where parents need to be helping parents. No, I did not just become Hillary Clinton. This is not about it taking a village to raise a kid. You and I recognize what that was, a government overreach. Parents are idiots, and they don't have the ability to make these decisions. We do. We're the government. We're here to help. We knew what was loaded in that gun. Can I still say gun? Jimmy, is it say loaded gun? Is that okay? Today. Not, not that you can get bullets these days, but the point is, 
It takes a church is different because it does take a church. The odds are so stacked against you right now, mom and dad. And, and, and you need support. In the past, we've talked about regarding teenagers. You need support in other parents telling your kids to honor you. And you need to be telling other kids they should be honoring their parents because the world is telling them the very opposite dishonor. But this is another realm where we need to be helping each other. If our Sunday school class, if our youth group class, if our teaching with our kids, if we aren't talking to each other and asking questions about how are we parenting, we are going to quickly become legalists with our kids. It is the default position. It is easier and it is efficient. It is quick. It works. Until they hit puberty. And then the game changes, and suddenly they do not want you as their Holy Spirit. They don't want you as a Pharisee telling them what to do. Have you had that argument with your teenager? Please, as you raise up your children from the womb, don't forget about the law and gospel distinction. The difference between justification and sanctification and to be constantly reminding our kids and ourselves, we do these things because of what has been done for us. And if you are not doing that, then you are not being Christianly in your parenting, in your preaching, and in your own walk. Question, have you forgotten the law gospel distinction? Do you have do you have a lot of tumult in your home? Maybe just maybe time for a fresh start that it's time to repent to the kids for being a Pharisee and a legalist and to promise them you're going to try harder to be more Christianly in your parenting and to reflect Jesus Christ and his love more. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Elizabeth Warren has gone on a warpath, it seems, since the overturning of Roe vs. Wade and her target, crisis pregnancy centers that offer help for moms caring for their children. These so-called crisis pregnancy centers outnumber genuine abortion clinics by three to one, and that has to stop. Sometimes I come to things that really make me want to bang my head against the wall, and this is one of those times. There's really nothing for me to add to this because Senator Warren did enough fall on her own. Now, the Supreme Court of Louisiana has temporarily blocked the state's abortion ban from becoming law. Justices in the state didn't give any type of decision on the law rather than pausing it from taking effect and said the lower courts must now resolve the issue, and if it can't be resolved by the lower courts, then they, the Louisiana Supreme Court, will step back in. Until then, the ban on murdering babies in Louisiana is on hold. But now, a bit more positive news on the abortion front. It's being reported that the last remaining abortion business in the state of Mississippi has closed. Mississippi, of course, is one of 10 states where abortion was outlawed immediately after the Roe decision. And with it standing, there's really no purpose for this baby murder farm to remain open. Which does confuse me, if you do think about it, because haven't we been told for years that places like Planned Parenthood and other baby murder farms are just women's health clinics? And abortion services are only just a small fraction of what they offer women. But yet when abortion becomes outlawed, then they are unable to remain open. That doesn't really line up with what they've been saying for years. 
Now that's it. And a couple of stories now from education in Los Angeles. First, a superior court judge struck down the vaccine mandate put into place by the Los Angeles Unified School District. The district, which is the country's second largest, has had a student and teacher vaccine mandate in place, but this ruling declares that the mandate on students is one that exceeds the school district's authority. The teacher or district employee mandate seems to still be in place for the time being, and it's unclear at the moment whether the district will appeal this ruling, but since it seems they have support from the California governor in the matter, I would almost guarantee they will. And in other Los Angeles education news, this story from Higher Education, an anthropology professor from UCLA has announced that he will be leaving academia because of militant faculty members who are upending the university and even causing a decline in academic standards. And we see that all over the place in education. A decrease in focused academics and an increase in focused cultural propaganda. That's exactly what's happening in education in this country, not just higher education, but all public education. And it is not good for the future of our children. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Attributes of God Do you think God explodes with anger when you sin? Remember the word impassibility. It means that God is without passion. His affections, such as wrath, anger, and love, are always foreknown, voluntary, and controlled, and they are always consistent with God's unchanging nature, and His wrath has been settled on the cross. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. This is Wretched Radio. If you were writing a parenting manual, I doubt that you would come up with three commandments that will make a home sweet always. You couldn't do it, but God did. Mom and dad, teach your kids about Jesus. Don't make them bonkers. Kids, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you. That's it. Those are the three laws that will not just keep a household in order. It will cultivate sweetness forever. The home has a realm of authority. Mother and father, And kids are, yes, to obey, but there are more. We are to honor authority. Honor it. That's not just, done. fine, I'll do it. I love it. I'm so glad that I've got this authority in my life. I honor those people. They are great people. They are a blessing from God. That is the command to a child. And if we in any way get away from that, it's going to go sideways on you. And your Western civilization tells you to do this a different way. That you you get out of the house as fast as you can. You get away from those people. And you start living as if they have no authority over you as fast as you possibly can. So you can live autonomously. And we sometimes perhaps look at other cultures and we go, head scratch, what's going on there? For instance, the Asian community. I can't tell you how many times people have gone, do you, you know, that Asian family in our neighborhood? The grandparents live there. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> What's going on? The grandparents are honored. And the grandparents are taken care of. I'm not even saying this is motivated by Christian thinking. By a biblical worldview. That's just the way that they do it in their culture. And what happens there? Grandparents are taken care of. Mom and dad are honored. And the kids 
honor both of those authorities. And we look at it and go, well, that's just not the way we do it here. You know, it's just, you know, and those, those Asian parents, they're all over their kids. Uh-huh. Right? Now, I'm not saying that that can't be overbearing also. Hence the commandment to not make your kids bonkers. There, there's a, it, God balances this out beautifully. But he tells us in the home, this is how it's going to run. When it gets particularly tricky is when the kids now leave the home or they run off to university. The dynamic shifts, and it should, because we are not raising children. We're raising adults from the second they're born. We're, we're training them up to be adults, and so we want them to increasingly make decisions, good ones and bad ones. But they must honor parents even as they do. And if we don't, and if we don't radically shift the way that we are viewing this, Western civilization is going to continue to have its way in the hearts of our children, and we are going to see more divisions between parent and child. We already are. And that relationship should be sweet. It should be wonderful. I'm telling you, I I know it. I see it. Yeah, we uh, we got an issue with our kids. They're uh, fill in the blank. They're buying a car. They're they're thinking about moving. They're they're thinking about taking a job. They're going to make a purchase decision. And uh, wow, they're they're just their thinking is really terrible. And. Uh, I did that same thing when I was 17, and I just, uh, I, I really, but I, I, I can't tell them. I, 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 can't, I can't say anything. If I, if I do, it'll just, Thanksgiving will be ruined. I can't do that. Or you'll, you'll hear when you're out having perhaps a salad with a lady friend. Oh, we just, okay, so this is what we're doing with our adult kids. We, 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 okay, we, we tried to drop the hint that, that maybe... You know, having some sort of financial plan would be a good idea, but they got really, really upset. So we decided to wait like six weeks before we said anything else about it. What is wrong with this picture? I'll tell you what it is. They're not honoring mom and dad. This covers, this smashes the Western system. It also, by the way, smashes from a different angle, the Eastern system where mom and dad can play an overbearing role. no. The Christian role, the Christian relationship has balance to it, but I think increasingly in Christian homes and Western civilizations, children are not honoring parents. They're not honoring them. You should be able to say to your 30-year-old child, son, I've noticed you're buying a lot of stuff. Explain to me how that's working out. Dog, back off! Back off! We're not coming! That's it! We're... I'm not going to come here and take this. What in the world is that? I'll tell you what it is. The kid doesn't honor mom and dad. Now, does that mean that the, the adult child needs to do what mom and dad say? No, it doesn't. But they need to honor it, and they need to see it as a gift. This isn't neutrality commandment. This is honor, esteem, look up to, give deference to, think that they know better because they do. Yes, I know there's exceptions. We're talking about the rule here. Tim Challies, he talks about six practical ways to honor your parents. Honoring parents is a form of honoring all authority, including God himself. So if you've got an adult kid who does not honor you, they're probably not honoring the Lord. This is, this is really basic. They can see you. And if they can't get down with honoring you, they're not honoring the Lord, most likely. There will be temptations to say, yeah, but you don't know my parents. You don't know who they are, what they did to me. Fair enough. Let's leave that aside for a moment. We're talking about God's command. How do you honor? 
your parents as an adult child. One, forgive them. Yep, they made unwise decisions, unrealistic expectations. They helicoptered you, said things, did things, wounded you. Forgive them. And I, and I mean it. Forgive them. It's done. Number two, speak well of them. Ah, ah, let me tell you about Rita and Harry. <laughs> you, know, you know, he's wearing this. He takes off his socks to put on his Birkenstocks, and you can see the sock line around his ankle. That's Harry telling you, drooling in his rocking chair. That's what Harry. Uh, uh, uh. You're an adult. You still honor your mom and dad by speaking well of them, not speaking evil of them. In the Old Testament, the penalty for cursing parents was the same as assaulting them. Exodus 21, 15 through 17, because the root is the same. Speak well while they're alive. Speak well of them when they're dead. Speak well of them to your siblings, to your spouses, to your children. Speak well of them to your churches and communities, modeling a countercultural kind of honor and respect that has been missing for far too long. How do you talk about your mom and dad? Hmm? How do you talk about them? Are, are, are they, are they the, the brunt of jokes, even in front of them? You know, Mom, always burning. Did you burn it again this year? Is the, is the turkey going to be dry again this year, Ma? You are not honoring your parents. Honor them. See them as a gift from God. Number three, esteem them publicly and privately. From Challies, Tim Challies, you don't realize how important it is to give them credit where you can. You don't realize how critical it is to just say, you know, everything I really learned about saving money, I learned it from you. Would that kill you? You know, Dad, that was one thing that you taught me. I am so grateful for that. Simple things that can bring joy and honor to your parents. We can give them such esteem privately, one-on-one conversation, or you can do it publicly through speeches or sermons, conversations around holiday feasts. Dennis Rainey goes so far as to call children to write a formal tribute to their parents, to present it to them, and to read it aloud in their parents. Oh, come on! That is Western civilization corrupting our kids and our adult brains. This should be like, I can't believe I didn't think of this. There is so much that I could say about my parents that is so wonderful. And if this, by the way, if this attitude isn't cultivated from, from right outside of the womb, uh, it's, 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 it's going to be very unnatural. Western civilization, mock your parents. Bible, honor them. Write a spe- Why don't you write a speech about your parents? What, when's their anniversary? Why you write a speech and deliver it? You'd be honoring them. Seek their wisdom. Seek it. When faced with major decisions, they know stuff. You're, you're, you're going to be buying a house. They've already bought a house. Ask them. Do you, do you have to do everything? They, do you have to pick the white house versus the blue house? Nope. But you sure should listen to them, and you would do well to seek them out. They'll give you better. They will give you better advice than people who that you just work with. You'll ask people at work, hey, let me show you on the website. This house or this house. What do you think, man? Okay, okay, okay. And they're just going to go, yeah, I dig that one. Yeah, no, that one's cool. Your mom and dad? No, they love you to the core, and they are going to give you the most thoughtful advice possible. Support them. Not, 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 not just financially, but in old age. 
Support them. That is a way to honor them. Six, provide for them when they are old. So this this is different. You, you can help them but just through life, providing for them, helping them along the way as they get older. They maybe don't have the budget that they once did. And then when they can't take care of themselves, you can take care of them. He's, he's talking about two things here. Go over and fix the drains. Uh, they, they need drains put on. Buy them. And then when they can't live in the house, take care of them is the encouragement, one way or another. Question, have you been honoring your parents? If not, you've been sinning. But you can repent of that now and change that today. This is Wretched Radio. Hmm, something is happening in the Philippines. Wait, I know what it is. Jesus is building his church. Please meet Pastor Kitu Espiritu from the Master's Academy International in the Philippines. Your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform lives. Pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth. People in the Philippines are hearing the truth rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus is on the march in the Philippines. Souls are being saved, churches are being built, and yet there are too many empty pulpits. And that is where you come in. Would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the Philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided? The Masters Academy International training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for joining us for Wretched Radio today. When is the last time you took a gander around the Wretched Store? If it's been a while, I'd like to urge you to do so today. The Wretched Store is home to tons of great resources, books, booklets, videos, MP3s, and curriculum. And I'll go out on the limb and say that everybody will be able to find something they'll love and learn from in the Wretched Store. So take some time and peruse all we have available. Wretched.org slash store. All of the resources that you'll find are only made possible by the support of our gospel partners. We can't produce the content that we're able to produce without that ongoing support. So while you're visiting the Wretched store at Wretched.org, would you also consider taking a look at our donate page by clicking the give link at the top of the page. There you'll find all the information you will ever need regarding becoming a gospel partner. Wretched.org slash store, Wretched.org slash donate. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. Thanks to our partners, we were able to create channels of food supplies from neighboring countries of Moldova and Romania. Over 45 tons of non-perishable food supplies were brought in and delivered to thousands of people for small towns and cities that suffered from the war. That is our dear brother Max from the Tomorrow Clubs in Ukraine, continuing to preach the gospel, opening up kids' clubs where they can, and because of the war, providing resources, providing food and shelter and prayer, and of course, the gospel to people who are in need. If you have never considered supporting Tomorrow Clubs, this might be the right time. You are needed in Ukraine. Tomorrow Clubs will do the work. They will take care of the distribution. They just need the resources. Would you please consider providing them? TomorrowClubs.org slash wretched. 
important dates in Christian history. 405 AD After 23 years of work, translating from Hebrew and Greek manuscripts, Jerome completes the Latin Vulgate version of the Bible that becomes the standard for the next 1,000 years. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Yeah, I gotta call my parents. It's their anniversary. Not. This is Wretched Radio, the brilliance of the Bible. One command for children in regard to their parents honor them into adulthood. When I used to think about this subject, trying to figure out how do you honor your parents? It was basically, well, you know, just, you know, don't, don't diss them. You don't have to do what they tell you to do, but just, you know, be pleasant with them. Uh, uh, wait, 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 way past that. Honor them, esteem them, joyfully do more than call them on their anniversary because you have to, if I don't send a card, ma, she always just gets furious, you know. And dad, well, you know, not like he cares most of the time. I mean, he never talked to me when I was a kid anyway. Honor them, honor mother and father joyfully. I'm telling you, it will bring you joy. It will go well with you. You want to be countercultural. You're a teenager. You want to be countercultural. Honor your parents. And by the way, uh, just bonus for you if you're a teenager. Oh, the power. You have no idea what power you have. You have absolutely no idea. I can tell you from experience in talking to teenagers, young people who love the Lord, who would say, you know, my house is really tough. It's really, really hard. My parents do this, and then they do that. They treat me like this. And look, some of it is downright sinful. And and this is not to overlook it. But as part of my counsel to them, I would say, could I encourage you to do something? You you think maybe your parents aren't even saved? You, you, You think that maybe they're false converts? You think that they're terrible right now? Could I encourage you to become super teenager? Just do what you're told. In fact, do it before you're told. Just watch what happens. And I'm telling you, this has happened multiple times within a week. I can't believe what our house is like. My parents are so nice all of a sudden. You don't say. Look at the power you've got in obeying them and honoring them. Why does that work? Why is that a blessing? Because that's the way God designed it. And any household that does not have children honoring parents, it's not going to be blissful. It can't be because that's not the way it works. Go ahead. Try to get air conditioning out of a drain pipe. You're not going to get it. Well, you can try. You, you, can, you can blow cold it, put some ice cubes in it, and then fan it on the other side. I, you know, that'll kind of sort of get some stuff. Not going to work. Why? Because that's not what a drain pipe is for. A family is built the way that God designed it. Mom and dad, teach your kids about Jesus. Don't make them bonkers. Kids, honor your father and mother. And if you operate in those in, in, in those those frameworks, it's going to go well. It's going to be nice. It's going to be better. Mom and dad, this goes for you too, but we're not going to focus on you today. We've, 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 we've beaten up mom and dad plenty here. But when you're not, when you're not harping, annoying, just you know, helicoptering, making too many decisions for it, the kids actually get better too. There's power in this. Why? Because this is the way it's designed to work. God set it up. The universe operates on God's laws. This is what they are. You do it like this, and it's going to go well. This is why even in civilizations that aren't Christian, when they stumble into these principles, 
their families actually do better. They function better. Why? Because that's the way God built the place, whether you are a believer or not. So if you're a teenager and your parents are driving you nuts, I would suggest to you, submit to them and start honoring them lickety split and you watch what happens in your home. Tim Challies came up with six ways that we can honor our parents into adulthood. And all of them were good. All of them were good. That, that, that you assure your parents, they're, they're, they're in their, their 50s, their 60s. They're fine. They're still healthy. They, they do their, their ambulatory. Hey, mom and dad, I just want to let you know, when the time comes, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. And you're not going to be left alone. Mom, if dad dies, I got you. Oh, oh the honor that that brings to a parent. Tim Challies came up with six of those. You can find them at challies.com. I decided to write six more. So for your consideration, six more ways you can honor your parents as an adult. Don't shun or prohibit unsolicited advice. You are foolish to not consider it and even be grateful for it. Yeah, 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 I'll think about it. Uh Uh-uh. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. I'm on on this. I'm putting this in there. And you know what? As I think about this, this is going to weigh heavier than my other considerations because it came from you, Dad. Don't shun or prohibit unsolicited advice. I see this. The tiptoe parent, I see it all the time. They can't, they can't tell their kids what they think, the adult kids. They can't do it. It will wreck the relationship. The nook drops to the floor, and the kid says to the grandparent who picks it up, don't judge us. What? What? What is that? Common. That's what that is. Don't shun it. Don't shun it. Don't prohibit it. Let them keep pouring into your life, even as an adult. I... We should all be doing this. We're dumb when we do not seek the wisdom of elders. And you've got the best elder with your last name. You've got the best thing for your decision-making process. It's your parents. Number eight, call them for no reason. Not just on anniversaries and Just call them up. You know why I'm calling today, Mom? Because you're my mom. That's why. And I love you. What's up? How are things going? Anything I can do? See, this, this, is, this is not just not being nasty to your parents. Okay, I'll listen to them, but that's, that's all I got to do. I don't even have to take it in. No, honor. This goes further. The word is honor, esteem, to view highly. Uh, okay, let's just say you were making a financial decision and Clark Howard gives you a call. Well, What? Clark Howard, he's the financial guy on the thing and the, where he gives advice about what's smart and what's... Clark Howard call me? He cares about me? Not as much as your parents do. Why don't you give him a call? If you had Clark Howard's number, you might want to... I'll bet you're, you're out buying a washing machine. Hey, what is Clark Howard's... Hey, Google what Clark Howard... Google, Google what's the best thing to buy here. Google your parents. Give him a call. Number nine. Do stuff for them. Why don't you surprise mom and dad? Why don't you just go over and mow the lawn? Why don't you trim the edge? Because he can do it. He's got, he's, he can do it. He's fine. Yep, he is. But you'd be honoring him. You'd honor him. You're commanded. I'm commanded to do this. Commanded to do this. 
joy. You'll be bringing your parents joy. Now, I get it. There's exceptions. I get that. We're talking about rules here. You're, you're, do you know every every fun thing that you did as a child was courtesy of mom and dad? Everything? Everything you did. They paid for every single thing. And they didn't do something perhaps that they wanted to do because they wanted to do it for you because they loved you that much. Do something for them. Help. Don't go over on the holidays to be served. Get up. Sit down, mom and dad. You are not getting up. I'm doing these dishes. Sit down. You're the parents here. You're mom and dad. We're doing the dishes. We're not going to come storming in and then blast back out because, well, we've got busy lives to lead. Honor your father and mother. Help when you visit. That's number 10. They're not, they're not the waitrons. They're your parents. Number 11. Your parents aren't your equals. This is a message from the West. Yes, you are. Your, 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 your parents are exactly on the same. You're an adult. They're adults. You're an, you can vote, right? You can drive a car. You can own a gun. For now, you're, you're equals. No, you're not. And the Bible is replete with this, not just with our parents, but with pastors. Treat them like an elder man. How do you treat an elder man? With respect and honor and dignity. They're not equals. They're not pals. They're your parents. It's a different dynamic. And I wonder if this is why it's not working out in your home right now with your current adult children. And if you're an adult child and it's not working out with mom and dad, this this could be why. They're older they 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 know more and they want to talk about different stuff. They want to hear your your stuff, but they probably would like for you to ask them about their stuff too. They're not equals. They're your elders. Honor them. Number 12. Rather than telling them, "Hey, here's the rules when you get when we let you watch the kids. Here's the rules." Uh-uh. You let them instruct your kids. Manners. Prayers, Bible stories, how to walk, how to talk, how to think, how to act, all of it. Let them do it. You know why? They're better at it than you currently are. They just are. They see things. You've got a baby. They see something. They know it too sweet. They know it. They see it. with. It's like in their periphery. They're so used to doing this. They see something is off. Let them fix it. Let them correct. And you know what blessing you'll get? Those parents will say, you know what, and you've got a good mom and dad, and you need to honor them. And grandparents then should be teaching the grandchildren to honor their parents so that they behave the way that they would like to be treated. Oh, what a brilliant plan God has for the family that follows his three commands. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.